0: Hello, I'm from the Australian Government and you're listening to the Juice Media Podcast. Hi Lucy. Hi Jodie.
1: Welcome to Episode 2 of the Juice Media Podcast. Just a reminder in case you're wondering what this podcast is about. It's a companion to the Honest Government Ads series. I'm assuming that most of you listeners now um, know our videos. Basically, we mercilessly troll governments and get them to tell the truth and be honest about their policies. And uh, not surprisingly, it's had quite a positive response from people who are rightly craving some honesty and sincerity from governments, not just in Australia, but worldwide. It hasn't had a very positive response from governments, but that's actually a great thing, they can get fucked. So yeah, the podcast gives us a chance to get into more depth on the topic of each video. Sometimes we'll talk about the background of um, a video, of why we may have decided to make it other times we'll talk about the issues covered in there and uh, share more information we might talk about practical solutions or things that people can do to take action and also respond to comments and criticisms that people might have the plan is to make this podcast in between videos we'll see how we go some episodes will be short some will be longer Some will feature guests and interviews, others it'll be just me. I'm just going to try and learn the ropes, um, so eventually we'll find what works and what doesn't. Uh, And if you do have some feedback, please do send it for us. Um, I'm a complete noob at the podcast game, so let me know how we can make it better.
0: How good is Australia? Ancient land of mysteries. Like how the fuck are we gonna tackle the climate emergency with these pricks at the helm? And why are we the shit version of New Zealand? And above all, why did Aussies re-elect a government that's fucking them over? We're not sure either. But here at the Australian Government, we believe in miracles. Like fake how to vote cards, fake placards, and fake fear campaigns. How good is bullshit? So come on, visit Australia. Thanks to us, each state offers a unique flavour of shit
1: So yeah, our latest Honest Government ad is called Visit Australia 2019 and it's the first Honest Government ad of Season 2 of this series. Rather than focusing on a, a single key issue, which is normally what we do, this video is an overview of all that Australia has to offer in 2019 in terms of shit fuckery. So we jump from state to state covering everything from the effects of the mining boom in WA to Adani and the environmental Armageddon that it's about to unleash in Queensland uh, and then so on and th- so forth through every state. And so because it is an overview of the Australian landscape, political landscape, I'm not going to use this podcast episode to really get deeper into any specific issues because we raised so many of them in this video, but rather I thought we would um, dedicate this podcast to chatting a little bit about the Honest Government Ads series itself. We started the series in 2016 when the Turnbull government had just been uh, elected, and then we just had an, another election in 2019 now in May, and uh, it occurred to me that, well, that is a season, that is a, a piece of history. We made 37 Honest Government ads during Season 1, mostly about Australia, but also a few about the US and its colonies, Puerto Rico and Hawaii, and Australia's neighbours, Timor-Leste and West Papua, but mostly about Australia. So we thought, hey, it'd be fun to make the seasons uh, correspond to the the term of Australian government. So in that sense, we've just finished Season 1 in May with the federal election. And uh, as we came back, we were like, well, where do we pick up? And we thought... Let's take it back to where this all began, all the way back in 2016 with a video uh, called Visit Australia.
0: Visit Australia, the most pristine place on the planet and home to a shitload of natural wonders. The Great Barrier Reef, Uluru, Kakadu and Scott Ludlum's hair.
1: Lucy and I made that video in just over a day and it was very much a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. I wrote it in in a couple of hours, and, uh, then, and then I said to Lucy, hey, can you try and voice this? And then we went over to our friend Adam's house with a few beers, and we refined it a bit more. In. we didn't have any actors, it was just Lucy's voice, and I put together some visuals for it. But the concept struck a chord almost immediately. It had a, an amazing response, and uh, so we started making more. We had no idea when we started out that it would turn into an ongoing series. No, I, did you?
0: <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I had no idea. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. Visit so, Australia was good, but I, I learned pretty quickly that I needed to work on my Australian accent. Mm.
1: That's right. Visit
0: so, Australia.
1: What happened? Somebody in the comments, some dickhead said, Why do you have a Kiwi doing the voice? And And
0: Jordy was vouching for the fact that I was actually uh, born and bred Aussie. And, um, anyway, he learned pretty quickly not to, not to get stuck into those sorts of conversations <laughs> at length on Facebook, was it, or YouTube? I'm not sure where it was. It was on
1: YouTube. The or... guy was trying to convince me that, that you were Kiwi and I was like, look, I know Lucy, we live together, we're partners, she's pretty sure, I know that she's not a Kiwi. And he was like, no, 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 I know. Mm. So there you go, YouTube comments, get yeah. it in you.
0: But, um... Then we eventually, I did re-listen to it, and I thought that the accent was a little bit um, Kiwi-ish. So he had, he, there was some sense in what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. But that episode was really lots of fun. I did, uh, I mean, look, that not that we we're talking about fun topics, but I, I really liked the satirical take on visiting Australia and all the incredible things we had to offer. And um, I guess the thing is that not much has changed since.
1: 2016
0: 2016, and the 2019 version is just like an update but um, most of those issues are still relevant that, that were discussed in the 2016 episode too. Mm.
1: One big thing that has changed since that first episode is that we now have a team behind the Honest Government ads, most notably our brilliant actors Ellen and Zoe who hopefully will join us on the podcast one of these days and also Brent who does our animations. Yeah, in that first visit Australia video, we had no actors or animations, just Lucy's voice, and we bashed it together in about a day. But now the process um, takes much longer than that. Um, Usually, I'll spend like three to four, five days writing, sometimes Sometimes longer, and um, and then you know, Lucy will record the voice, and then uh, our actors will come in and we'll um, we'll film it. And then the editing will take anywhere between two to four days, depending on how long the video is. So whilst we can still bash together a video extremely fast, like the Julian Assange one that we did recently upon his arrest from the embassy, we put together in about three days, Uh, but that's kind of not sleeping. But on average, for a normal video, the process now takes between one and three weeks. And the
0: editing process really does um, continue all the way through, not just in terms of getting the video together, but also re-editing the script, re-recording certain lines, which is also why we use this process of having a voiceover and then the actors coming in.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And actually, that's a question that we often get. Why do you dub the voice on your Honest Government ad videos? In fact, one of the questions this week's from James um, via email asking exactly that question I love your videos. Just out of curiosity, why do you use the process of overdubbing?
0: Well, that's, I mean, there there are multiple reasons why you do it. But um, obviously the, the number one is because I'm just so good. Because <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, no, that's, I'm um, joking. Um, but we're not like a professional filming studio. Wait, well,
1: hang on. What do you mean by that?
0: We're not set up to do direct audio to camera. Right, like, sure. That's, that's a different kind of studio, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. uh, I mean, I assume it is.
1: Okay, look, so it's a bit of a technical, geeky question, but because so many people have asked it in the past, I'm going to explain it briefly and uh, hopefully, yeah, it'll clarify this question for all the people who are wondering why we overdub the voice in the Honest Government ads. The key reason that we do it this way is because in order to make the video fast paced and to keep the momentum really going, we chop out all the natural pauses of breaths that would normally come in when someone talks. And we might also overlap. So as one sentence is finishing, another one comes in and that helps to really keep the pace fast, which is kind of how ads work. So to kind of replicate that intensity and fast pacedness of the ads, I have to edit the audio. You can't do that if the audio is connected to video because when you chop out a bit of like a breath you know you you would immediately notice that the you know there are some frames missing in the video so that explains why we record the audio separately to the video so the next logical step from that is that it um, for me to get the actor in to do the voice and then have to get them in another day to do the video and then potentially have to get them in again during the editing process which as Lucy said we often make changes. So like, you know, often I will go, ah, let's change that line to something else. Or we might think of a better joke or something might come up in the news and we want to reference it at the last minute. Well, Lucy and I live together. So it's very easy for me to get Lucy in um, and make all those changes at at short notice. You know, once Luca's gone to sleep uh, in the evening, we'll patch up some vocals. And again, to get the actor to come in a third time to do that would just be... Or a fourth or a fifth. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Or right up until 10 minutes before uploading the yeah,
1: video. would just not be practical. So doing it this way really gives us um, flexibility and it just makes it so much more efficient because we would take so much longer if we had to uh, get an actor back in to use the same voice that, that they used in the filming process. So whilst it might sound complicated to you listening to all of that, actually this system that we use just makes the whole process a lot faster and quicker and more efficient and flexible and uh and it works great ultimately also because um lucy she well you know she was just joking before, but she is awesome she has a great i love her voice and her comedic tone and and voices and she's good at accents as well she's under and
0: i really don't know what you're talking about i need so much more practice i'm telling you Yeah, but you know you i'm telling you right now you've
1: got a knack for it so um it works really well um as they say if it ain't broke don't fix it
0: speaking of questions we have another one this is from angela what do you mean the juice media? Seriously, I would love to hear the story behind the name.
1: So Angela runs a YouTube channel called What Do You Mean? Oh. She's only started out recently, but she's gonna be a force to contend with, so check it out. She's also one of our patrons, so huge thanks to Angela. What do I mean, the juice media? Well, look, short answer, there's a bigger story behind it, but short answer for now, whenever I've tried to deal with any issues, whether it was in rap news or in honest government ads, I've or always in academia? Yeah, yeah. I've always been attracted to the idea of trying to strip away the kind of getting past the peels and the pips and the pulp and all of that to really squeeze out the essence, the juice of a story so that we can understand the underlying causes, the structural elements that uh, underpin our society. So I guess, yeah, that's it's very loose reference to that kind of approach to dealing with um, analyzing and narrating what's happening.
0: The Juice Media.
1: As mentioned, I'm also going to address from time to time criticisms that I see in the comment feed. And just a reminder that the reason I tend to respond to criticisms from time to time isn't necessarily to try and win an argument with the person. It's more for the benefit of other people who are reading the comment section who might be wondering the same thing. So here we go. First up, Billy B on YouTube. He says, Hey guys, thanks for all the political stuff you expose. Brilliantly done. But the climate and extinction crisis, really? Uh, so Billy B is referring to My blob for the video in which I talk about some of the key issues that we're going to focus in season two. He says, sure, man-made toxic pollution is real and disgusting, but do you honestly believe that the entire changing of global climate is directly related to how we're making this all happen? In other words, is humanity responsible for it? If so, please give us some informative links insight into this. So far, you really don't offer any substantive arguments. It seems to be a hardcore belief you have. Are you taking the word of the same corrupt politicians that lie to us all the time about important things? No, Billy B, I I would never do that. I'm taking the word of scientists. So in response to the first question, I'm just going to say that I believe scientists. And when I say believe, I mean, I trust that they are telling us the truth. 97% of climate scientists believe that Earth's climate has warmed significantly since the 1800s, that human activity is responsible for this. I trust that they are using the scientific method, that they are publishing in peer-reviewed papers, and that they are debunking whatever evidence is not accurate. And at the conclusion of all that scientific process, they are telling us the truth. So uh, listen to scientists. This is what scientists are telling us. Look it up. The most cited one, I'm just looking at, this is up on Wikipedia. So, I mean, I'm trying to find something that is not partisan. Among the most cited is a 2013 study of nearly 12,000 abstracts of peer-reviewed papers on climate science published since 1990, of which just over 4,000 expressed an opinion on the cause of recent global warming. Of these, 97% agree explicitly or implicitly that global warming is happening and is human-caused. It is extremely likely that this warming arises from human activities, especially emissions of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Natural change alone would have had a slight cooling effect rather than a warming effect. This scientific opinion, I'm still quoting, is expressed in synthesis reports by scientific bodies of national and international standing and by surveys of opinion among climate scientists, individual scientists, universities and laboratories. Conclusions... Warming of the climate system is unequivocal, and since the 1950s, many of the observed changes are unprecedented over decades to millennia. Atmospheric concentrations of CO2, methane and nitrous oxide have increased to levels unprecedented in the last 800,000 years. Human influence on the climate is clear. This is still quoting: It is extremely likely 95 to 100 percent probability that human influence has was the dominant cause of global warming between 1951 to 2010. And so on and so forth. Um, Yeah, this stuff isn't coming from corrupt politicians. It's coming from our scientists. These are the people who we pay and support to become educated and to tell us what is happening in the world. So if we don't listen to them, um, what the fuck are we doing? So, yes, of course, I honestly believe that what's happening to, to our climate and the extinction of species, which is now just on the level of the sixth mass extinction is caused by humans. I feel like um, I, I'm going to stop trying to justify this. I'm just going to take it as a given. And uh, it's really up to other people who feel that this is a huge hoax to provide you know, the evidence that they claim to venerate. But I'm certainly not going to make apologies for believing scientists. I feel that time is over. We just need to get on with telling the truth about the climate crisis and the extinction crisis that we're facing. Extinction, of course, is a natural phenomenon. It occurs at a natural background rate of about one to five species per year. But our scientists now estimate that we're losing species at up to 1,000 times the background rate, with literally dozens going extinct every day. Why is it important to acknowledge that the climate and extinction crisis is driven by human activity? Simply because if it is caused by human activity, it can also be solved and changed by human activity. So it means that we can take action. Conversely, denying that human activity is behind these things supports the argument that there's nothing we can do about it and we shouldn't do anything about it. And surely I don't need to explain whose multi-billion dollar agenda that kind of thinking would support. So if you're going to be skeptical and suspicious of who is telling us what, well, it makes more sense to be suspicious of those who are telling us that we have nothing to do with the climate and extinction crisis. But either way, it doesn't really matter that we shouldn't be trying to formulate our arguments on on the climate based on who we think is more likely to be honest or who we think is most has most motives to lie to us. These are not logical arguments. They are forms of ad hominem. If we want to invoke reason and truth, then listen to scientists, because that's their trade. So in response to Billy B, not only do I believe what our scientists are telling us, but I'm going to keep talking about this issue. It needs to be the headline of every paper. As Guy Rundle wrote in a recent article, you know, during the war, the war was always at the front. It was always the front page article or maybe the second page, but it was always being talked about. And that's kind of what we need to be doing with the climate crisis. It needs to be the top topic of every agenda and every discussion and every plan and every... Thing that we as humanity collectively do or even in our individual lives that needs to be forefront and back of our mind and it needs to be on the news and the way that we're going to get to that point is by talking about it and speaking the truth which brings me to the second critical comment that I wanted to pick out um, this one's by Azanine great sense of humor but do you have any solutions? pointing fingers is not a productive exercise when the problem lies deeper within us all very sage words. Um, but I kind of feel like this kind of question is a talking point that's been fished out of somewhere. Reminds me a bit of Jordan Peterson saying, How can you expect to take on and fix the problems of the world if you can't even get your own life in order? You should focus on that first. And, you know, whilst there is some truth in that, I think it's healthy to do both at the same time because often they complement each other. We can feel better and become better people by, having, by working on things that are bigger than our own bedrooms. And also, we don't have to have all the solutions to the problems that we've identified in the world. We don't have solutions to many of these problems, but the first step to finding solutions is to acknowledge that there is a problem. So, for example, the climate and extinction crisis, which we were just talking about, we need the brightest minds to be thinking about this, this problem. We need funding to be directed to those places where the brightest minds can develop solutions. We need to not cut funding we need to not starve of oxygen the very people who have have the, the power to address these issues and how do we do that? Well we change policy we change the way that our governments spend our money, our taxes and we vote accordingly for candidates who pledge to take serious action on the climate crisis so when it comes to solutions I'm not a scientist or an engineer I'm, I find myself in this world of media and information so what I can offer um, in response to Azanine's question is raising awareness that is such a fundamental thing, it doesn't solve anything on its own but at the same time if we're not aware, if we're not aware and informed and educated about the problems that we face then we're not going to be prepared to deal with what's coming We might wrap it up here. I'd like to keep these podcasts relatively short. Thanks to Lucy for joining me today. Thanks for having me on
0: the show. (laughs) Sorry, I had to duck out halfway. That's okay. But uh, that's just life for me at the
1: moment. We we understand. Bye. (laughs) And uh, a big, big thanks and shout out to all our patrons and supporters who keep us going from month to month Um, your contributions is what helps us to make the honest government ads and to keep them getting better and now also makes this podcast possible so extreme gratitude from all of us here at the the Juice Media team we're going to get cracking now on the next honest government ad so if you have any questions for the next podcast hit us up info at thejuicemedia.com otherwise we'll catch you soon online for some more genuine satire